What's going on, everyone? Welcome into the first official episode of Scoing Long. I am your host, Zach Neal. On today's podcast, we're going to talk about some of the biggest offseason storylines for the Oregon football team. Uh, I want to get into the round ball a little bit, discuss Dana Altman and his team's turnaround versus Utah on Saturday night. And we're briefly going to get into Kelly Graves' team and how impressive that women's season has been thus far. Uh, Before all of that, I want to give you all sort of an introduction to myself and lay out kind of my vision for this podcast and uh, what I hope it turns into down the road. If you're tuning in, thank you. I appreciate it. Let's get into it. It is Sunday afternoon. Um, I'm flying solo for this inaugural episode of Scoing Long. Um, we're going to get into Oregon sports in just a little bit, but before I do that, uh, I kind of wanted to give you guys an introduction to myself and uh, tell you a little bit about what I want this podcast to be and what I think it's going to turn into into the future. Um, if you don't know me and you're just tuning in, first of all, thank you. I appreciate it, but allow me to introduce myself. I'm the managing editor of USA Today's Ducks Wire. Um, I was raised in Eugene, and I currently live here with my wife and our four-month-old daughter. Um, I graduated from the journalism school at the University of Oregon, and I've been a lifelong Duck fan going back to you know elementary school when I first really started to get into sports. Um, I played basketball and football growing up, but I, I quickly realized that I didn't have a future there, so I turned to writing in order to make sure that I could keep sports in my life. Uh, throughout my career, I've worked uh, a number of places. I worked for the Register Guard. Um, I've worked for KVAL News, and I've worked throughout the USA Today Network as well, spending a, a little bit of time covering the NFL, some NBA stuff in there as well, uh, all of that before I launched Duckswire uh, a couple of years ago now. Um, you've likely heard me on the Flock podcast with J.D. Pluitt and Shane Potter over the past year. Um, I've really enjoyed my time working with him as a a regular guest, Um, but you know, I'm launching my own podcast now, and I'm beginning this venture and hoping that it can turn into something uh, pretty special down the road. Okay, now for the podcast. Um, I want to be upfront about this. We're going to talk mainly football here. I'd say probably about 90% of the time we're going to be discussing Dan Lanning and the Ducks, whether that be on the field, recruiting, off-season stuff. Um, you know, it, it's going to be a lot of football. Uh, when I launched Duckswire, I would tell people that we cover Oregon sports, but that quickly transitioned to me telling people that, you know, we cover sports that Oregon fans will read about. Um, as much as I love men's and women's basketball, I see the level of interest that fans have in reading about basketball compared to football, and it's drastic. I can write the best basketball article you've ever read about Dane Allman, but it would do half the numbers of a story about a 2024 five-star recruit wearing a pair of Oregon socks in August practice. You know, you get the point. So I wish it wasn't that way either. Uh, Believe me, I love golf more than anything, and the Ducks have championship-level golf teams, both men's and women's. Uh, But if I did a podcast talking about nothing but golf, it would get probably single-digit listens. Just people aren't interested in that, so... Um, While I will absolutely talk about basketball uh, this spring and in the summer, and we'll even get a little bit of baseball and hopefully some track and field and other sports in there, uh, I'm just telling you right now the main focus of this podcast is going to be on football. It's just what fans want to hear. I will also not be solo a lot of the time. Uh, Throughout the offseason and going into the 2023 season, I plan to have a number of beat reporters on as guests who cover the Ducks with me. 
all of whom I believe can bring some great insight to the podcast. I think that as this thing grows, it can turn into something really valuable for fans, uh, you know, keeping you up to date on the latest Ducks information and news. Uh, the plan right now is for it to be a bi-weekly podcast for the time being. But, you know, we may bump that up to, to three times a week, maybe even four times a week once football season gets rolling and, and there's just so much more news to cover. Um, that's the plan right now as I've formulated in my head. Um, again, I appreciate you all for tuning in and going on this journey with me. It means a lot. Let's take a quick break and then we will get started talking about the Ducks. Okay, it is the off season, but we're still going to start with some football. Um, there's some big time recruiting going on, especially in the transfer portal. Um, I know there was a few visitors over the weekend in Eugene. Um, some we know of, some we don't. Let's start off with Fresno State safety Evan Williams, who is actually the younger brother of safety of former Duck safety Bennett Williams, who just ended his career this past year. Uh, Evan Williams is a, a major target in in the recruiting world for the Ducks specifically. He played 33 games in four years with Fresno State. He's got one year of eligibility left. Um, he had 159 tackles in the past two years alone, um, which is just really incredible. He's one of the leading tacklers on the team, which is always impressive for a safety to do. He's got four career interceptions, 12 career uh, pass breakups. I mean, he's just all over the field. I've heard, some, heard from some Fresno State fans that say that, hey, if, if you guys end up getting him, you're going to absolutely love him. He's just, he's everywhere. He's a really smart, high IQ player. He sounds a lot like Bennett Williams. I mean, that's exactly what Bennett Williams was. I know that uh, he, he had a few blunders here and there that uh, that were end up costly, but he was a really great player and really someone that fans ended up loving throughout his career. So if the Ducks ended up getting Williams as well, he would fill a major need on this defense. I mean, we, we currently don't really know what the landscape looks like at the safety position. There's still a few guys that have yet to declare what their future is going to be. I mean, Brian Addison, uh, Jamal Hill, Steve Stevens, they they technically have years remaining. They've got eligibility left, but they, they could say that, hey, we're going we're gonna to move on and not return for the 2023 season. So regardless of if those guys come back, or end up uh, moving on somewhere else. I I think that getting Evan Williams would be a massive massive deal for the Ducks and be really huge. He would project as you know probably an instant starter on that defense. Um, you know, like I said, there was a couple other visitors from the transfer portal that I know of. Um, well, I should say one that I two that I know were here. One I know who it was. You know, I've been asked not to divulge that information with who it was, but you know, there's a lot of targets left. In the transfer portal, uh, one of the top ones is South Carolina defensive lineman Jordan Birch. Um, this guy's a huge target, not only for Oregon, but across the nation, too. Um, he's a former five-star recruit. He was the number eight overall player in the 2022 class. He's played 31 games in three seasons with South Carolina, 105 tackles, 12 and a half tackles for loss, four sacks in that time. He's got a really, really high ceiling. Um, I don't think he's quite lived up to the potential that they thought he would at South Carolina. You know, you, you've got a history of defensive linemen at South Carolina. You've got people throwing out Jadavian Clowney, you know, comparisons when he comes in as a true freshman. And no, he's not lived up to that yet, but uh, that's not to say that he can't still have that type of career. And I'm curious to see what could happen if Dan Lanning gets gets a hold of Jordan Birch, you know. Landing and him go back. I mean, Birch, when he was in his recruitment, he was really high on the Georgia Bulldogs. He had them among the finalists uh, for his commitment, and his lead recruiter with the Bulldogs was Dan Lanning. So um, they obviously has have a relationship. They obviously know each other well. 
Um, I'm sure that Lanning has reached out to Birch and is trying to get him up to Eugene. Um, we'll see if this can come to fruition, but if it, if it eventually does, this would be maybe the biggest transfer that the Ducks get this offseason. And that's saying something when you've already got, you know, offensive tackle from Rhode Island, uh, a Johnny Cornelius. You've got Treshawn Holden from Alabama. You've got Kyrie Jackson from Alabama. Um, you've got some really, really good players from the transfer portal. But if they can add to this defensive line with a former five-star guy, Jordan Birch, who's got a really high ceiling, uh, I it would be a big, big deal. Um, there's some other targets I've got. A, I put up a, a list on Duckswire a few days ago about some remaining targets in the portal that I think Oregon is going to go after and should go after. Um, if you want to read that, it's, it's very informative. I won't get into all of them there, but you know, there are some other transfer needs. I think that the Ducks still could use potentially another wide receiver. Um, I know they, they've grabbed a couple in Treshawn Holden. Um, and yeah, I, I think that there's still a need there for some depth. Um, and you still, you can always look for, for cornerbacks and safeties and defensive backs, things like that. But, um, for the most part, I'm, I'm really impressed with how this transfer portal roster and these gets have shaped up for Oregon so far. Going forward, the next big date on the college football calendar is January 16th. Uh, that's the date where you have to either declare for the NFL draft by or opt out of the draft if you're already in it. Um, you know, and that's. There's a lot that needs to happen between now and then for the Ducks. We've still got guys like Brandon Dorless, Jordan Riley, Casey Rogers, Taki Taimani. Like I mentioned, Brian Addison, Jamal Hill, Steve Stevens. All of these guys have potential, you know, draft decisions to make. And we have not heard from any of them. We've heard from Noah Sewell, Christian Gonzalez, uh, DJ Johnson, Bo Nix. Those guys all either, you know, they've they've made it known what they're going to do this in the future. Um, we still really need to hear from these guys. The number one guy I want to hear from is Brandon Dorless. I think he's a, a massive domino in this, uh, or I should say puzzle piece, I guess, in Oregon's roster next year. I mean, if he comes back, he's immediately one of the best defensive linemen in the Pac-12. Um, and if the Ducks lose him, you know, that, that hurts a little bit, and you're going to have to retool. But there's there's just a long list of players that still need to make that decision. Um, again, we've got a list of those players, and, and, you know, we've got kind of a tracker on Ducks Wire that shows who's who's made the decision and who's still out there needing to make that decision. Um, but, you know, today is January 8th. When this comes out, it'll be January 9th. We've got a week to go until that day, that deadline comes. So um, there's going to be a lot of news over the next week, I think, uh, regarding this. And, you know, a week from now, we're going we're gonna to know a lot more about how Oregon's roster shapes up going into the 2023 season when it comes to veteran additions and people sticking around or a lot more holes to fill. And that's where you turn to the transfer portal once again. Okay, the last thing on football before we turn to some basketball. Uh, recruiting is, you know, we, we talk a lot about recruiting and I know December was wild for, for the recruiting cycle, but... Uh, December was only the early signing period, and there's the, the late and, I guess, original signing period on February 1st. So that's coming up here in a few weeks, and uh, a lot more is going to happen in these next few weeks. I think the number one thing for Oregon fans to look at is five-star uh, tight end slash athlete uh, Nicholas Harbour. Uh, he's one of the best players uh, remaining in the nation. I think he's the number 16 overall prospect in the nation. Uh, one of the top uncommitted players. He's coming to to Oregon for a visit on January 27th through 29th. 
Um, that's really important because it is the last weekend that you can take visits before signing period. Uh, you know, he's been on a lot of visits. He's heard a lot of sales pitches, but if the Ducks have a really good pitch for him and they can be the last ones and get that last impression on him, that's a big deal. And we've seen that work out in the Josh Connerly situation where he was between Oregon and USC and he took a visit to Oregon, you know, right before signing period. And he ended up surprising a lot of people by picking the ducks over the Trojans. So, um, there's a lot of smoke here. He's, uh, Nicholas is considering playing, tr uh, playing football and running track. He said, he's gone on record and said that, you know, there's, there's not many places better for, for that, you know, one, two punch in those two sports than Oregon. Cause they've got a great football program. They've got a world renowned track program. I mean, several, several national championships, one of the best facilities in the world with Hayward field. Um, and it's just, I, I don't know. There's, he's definitely someone to watch and, you know, there's some breadcrumbs leading up to this maybe good news for the Ducks because I was watching the All-American Bowl yesterday and the Ducks were in line to, to get a commitment from four-star tight end Jamari Johnson who was committed to Louisville considering a flip to the Ducks. He ended up sticking with Louisville. So um, while I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing for Oregon because it could mean that, hey, they kind of are passing on Johnson because they think that they might have Nicholas Harbour in the wings. They might have someone like Deuce Robinson, another five-star tight end yet to commit. Um, there's less smoke there. He was considering a, a visit to January or to Eugene in January. Um, I don't know where that currently stands. He's talked about it a little bit, but my main focus is on Harbour and seeing how that visit goes at the end of the month and seeing if Oregon can add a third five-star to this 2023 class. That'd be really, really incredible and impressive from what Dan Lanning has done in his first year with the Ducks. Okay, before we go, let's talk a little bit more about basketball. I want to do a deeper dive on both the men's and women's teams later in the week, but I quickly wanted to touch on both teams. Um, starting out, what Dana Altman's squad did on Saturday night against Utah was really, really impressive to me. Um, if you've been following this team, they've been struggling this year. They've got home losses to UC Irvine and Utah Valley, uh, two teams that you definitely should not be losing to at home. And they've been dealing with, you know, a lot of injuries and just, it's just been kind of a disjointed season. And that all, you know, came to a head on Thursday night when the Ducks went to Boulder and played Colorado and they had an abysmal loss. I mean, it was just embarrassing. The effort level wasn't there. The defense wasn't there. I think Oregon, yeah, Oregon had three assists uh, in the whole game. It was the worst shooting game in Dana Altman's career. They shot 27% from the floor. And it was just, you know, it was one of those losses that really put their, their March Madness hopes in jeopardy. Um, and it made the game on Saturday night against Utah almost a, a must-win game because, you know, you can't suffer many more losses and still get into that tournament picture. And so Saturday came out, the Ducks, they really showed something. They got a 70-60 to 60 win over Utah, and it, it's definitely their biggest win of the season. It was one that they were uh, they were not favored to win. Utah's a really good team. They had been undefeated in Pac-12 play. Um, I was really impressed. Um, Oregon got Jermaine Cousinard back in the game. Uh, he was he had been injured for much of the for actually all of the start of the season. He came back for his first time against Colorado, and played. Uh, he was supposed to be on a twenty minute uh, minutes restriction. He ended up playing twenty nine minutes last night. Uh, he was a plus fifteen in those minutes, which was really impressive. He didn't have the biggest stat line, but he was really you know affecting the flow of the game and impacting that for Oregon. And he they played a lot better when he was on the floor. 
Um, Oregon had 15 assists on 23 made baskets, which is just so much, obviously, I don't need to tell you that, so much better than those three assists uh, the game before. Like I said, I want to go deeper uh, on the whole Oregon team, you know, later this week, but there's a huge week coming up because, you know, the Ducks get back home this week. They host Arizona State on Thursday. They host Arizona, who's a top, I believe, top 10 team. They just lost to Washington State last night, so we'll see what that ranking is, but uh, just big games, and the Ducks are potentially getting Keyshawn Bartholomew back from injury, which would be at a great time. Um, you know, there's something going on with this team. I'm not saying that they're they're turning the whole season around and they're a force to be reckoned with, but there's some positive momentum finally with this team, which feels much needed after the way it started. Um, I don't know. I'm just I'm very curious to see how these next few weeks go and see if they can really turn it around. As for the women's team, I just wanted to give a quick shout out to Kelly Graves. I've been so impressed by what he's doing this year. It's kind of flown a bit under the radar. Uh, you know, football's going crazy. Men's basketball is at times a dumpster fire and maybe turning it around, like I said. But, you know, Kelly Graves' team is just, you know, they're consistently good. Uh, they've been down to, I think they're down to eight players on the roster right now because of injuries and some transfers. They lost Sedona Prince before the season. They lost Jenna Asai midseason, who transferred to BYU. Um, they've been dealing with the injury to Kennedy Basham. Uh, but despite all of that, they're still rolling. I mean, they're ranked number 18 in the nation right now. And, you know, you've got India Rodgers. You've got Tahina Pow Pow. You've got Grace Van Sluten, the freshman, who's just playing really, really well. Uh, and you've got a Filipina Che, who's, you know, one of the better bigs that Oregon's had in a long time. I know that she's got so much raw talent and they're trying to just hone her in and, and see how good she can be. And she's showing it so far. Um, and then, yeah, right after I finished recording this, the ducks have a, a huge game against, you know, number 15, Arizona on Sunday afternoon. And, you know, I'm going to go deeper on this team, like I said, uh, later in the week, but I'm, I'm really excited to see this game against the wildcats because it's a top 20 matchup. Yeah. Number 18 versus number 15, uh, it's going to be a lot of fun, and we're going to see uh, what they can do. So yeah, we'll dive deeper on basketball later in the week. I'm hoping to get a couple of guests on. But, um, you know, there's there's good things for both teams going on right now. Okay, that's all we've got today. Um, like I said, I will be back on later this week to look closer at both men's and women's basketball teams, potentially touch on a couple of transfers who may have announced by then for the football team. Uh, if you've stuck around this far, I really appreciate you. Um, I'm excited for what's to come with this podcast. Um, if you want to check out more of my work, you can find it all at duckswire.usatoday.com or you can follow me on Twitter at Zachary C. Neal. Um, again, thank you for listening. I'll talk to you soon. Take it easy.